Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery. This is Anne. I have an amazing author on the podcast today, Shannon Thomas. She wrote Healing from Hidden Abuse. Before I get to her, we've made a lot of amazing changes to our website lately, btr.org. Our Betrayal Trauma Recovery group, which has over 20 sessions a week, I think it's over 90 sessions per month, depending on how many days a month there are, is the least expensive way to get immediate help. You can go to our website, you can join a session, you don't have to wait for an appointment, you don't have to make an appointment. Our coaches are amazing. They understand the abuse and they can help you set boundaries for your safety. And they can also help you explore if it really is abuse. If you're like, "Uh, I don't know, I I know something's wrong, but I don't know what it is. They can help you with that. Some women don't feel super comfortable in a group setting, so we also have individual sessions available. So please go to our website, btr.org, and check out the daily support group schedule. You do that by clicking on services and then pick online daily support group. I have Shannon Thomas on today's episode. She is the international best-selling author of Healing from Hidden Abuse, a journey through the stages of recovery from psychological abuse and exposing financial abuse when money is a weapon. Shannon is the owner and lead therapist of an award-winning counseling practice and co-founder of the nonprofit Keep Dreaming Big Project. As a leading trauma therapist, Shannon is one of the few in the field to bridge the gap between pop culture and clinical advice. Shannon has been featured in top media outlets, including The Oprah Magazine, Associated Press, Business Insider, Yahoo, Yahoo Finance, Teen Vogue, Reader's Digest, Elite Daily, and Bustle, and now Betrayal Trauma Recovery. So we're really, really grateful to have her on. And her book, Healing from Hidden Abuse, is on our website, btr.org backslash books. If you click on it, it will take you directly to Amazon where you can purchase it. And we'll be talking about that today. And this book has been published in multiple languages and serves as a roadmap for book studies and host groups in 11 countries. Shannon also coined the six stages of healing from hidden abuse model, which has favorable reviews and high applause from readers and medical professionals around the world. Shannon understands the need to be an overcomer. Life has thrown some interesting twists and turns along her path, and we are so happy to have her. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you. Thank you so much. I've been looking forward to getting a chance to chat with you. You are the international best-selling author of Healing from Hidden Abuse and Exposing Financial Abuse. Can you describe hidden abuse for our listeners? You bet. Hidden abuse are those abuses and the behaviors that are not as obvious. Um, As a culture, you know, we've just really come to understand what domestic violence is when it comes to physical. Hidden abuse are those other types of abuses that we don't see, that we don't have necessarily obvious bruises and injuries from. They are the types of abuses that are more covert. They are hidden and they include financial, emotional, psychological, sexual, as well as spiritual abuse. When you talk about sexual abuse, that's something that we talk about quite a bit on our podcast, the sexual coercion that happens when a man is using pornography or having an affair and not letting his wife know about it. And so she does not have the ability to give consent to be in the relationship because there are all these behaviors that she doesn't know about. So that's one thing that we talk about quite frequently, but I'm really interested to talk about the other ones. Can you give one example of abuse that a lot of people or the general public wouldn't necessarily say that's abuse, that is clearly abusive once you are educated about it? 
Yeah, I would believe that the psychological abuse is one as well as financial. With the financial abuse, there's a wide spectrum to it. It ranges all the way from being exploited financially, used for what we can give, all the way to being controlled by finances, being controlled by an abuser with finances and everything in between. And I think there's a lot of confusion still around what exactly is financial abuse. And so I wrote Exposing Financial Abuse as an expose. It is full of survivor stories in their own words. And we included everything, whether it would be marriage or business partners or family. But I think there's the biggest gap in knowledge around the financial abuse and exactly what it involves. When it comes to psychological abuse, we're starting to get more understanding on a general range because we were talking about gaslighting. There's more articles on intermittent reinforcement and some of the terms that go along with psychological abuse. But I still think that it's not as understood as well as it needs to be and often is clumped in with emotional abuse. And those are very different. Well, they're very different, but they're all very similar in some ways, too, when you say they all come from the heart of entitlement attitudes, and they're all coming from the same place, but maybe exhibiting themselves differently, or would you, would you not agree? No, I think you're right about coming from a place of entitlement, of the selfishness. I think the key difference is, is that people that are emotional abusers can get better they can come to an awakening that their behavior is toxic, that they are perpetuating maybe what they grew up in, and they can get help and they do get sustainable changes going on in their life. Psychological abusers don't do that. They may for a very short period of time kind of be in the doghouse and change behaviors and may even try to go to counseling, but it's mostly for manipulative purposes. And as soon as sort of the dust settles, they are right back to baseline behaviors. So even though entitlement, lack of attachment, all of those sort of lacking in empathy can come with both emotional and psychological abuse, emotional abusers can get better and change and have changed lives and change relationships. We don't see that with true psychological abusers. Any change is only temporary and for their own gain. What is the difference between emotional abuse and psychological abuse? The difference between emotional and psychological abuse is the intent. Emotional abusers, I really like to say, are wounded and they wound other people. They are messy. They don't necessarily have a sense of how their behaviors are impacting. There's no excuses for it. It is still terrible and it is abusive and it has to change. Psychological abusers get entertainment out of the trauma they cause people. Where I don't believe emotional abusers, they're abusing out of their own dysfunction. They will give authentic apologies, but then go fall right back into behaviors that they don't want to be doing themselves. They can feel shame. They can feel remorse. We see this with folks that need to go through rehab programs. We see this with people who really need to step away from the habits that they've created that are unhealthy. Psychological abuse is wanting to deconstruct a person's identity of themselves through things like gaslighting. And a psychological abuser gets entertainment out of the harm that they can cause or the chaos that they can cause. And you can kind of see the smirk and you can see the game playing and you can see that they are gaining some kind of energy from all of this dysfunction that they have in their wake. Those are two really different people. Yeah. That's really interesting because as I think about our community, our community is all 
wives and ex-wives of porn users who went down the porn addiction route, right, or the porn addiction recovery route without having the abuse identified. But all of them have also suffered emotional, psychological, sexual abuse the hidden kinds, and it wasn't seen by therapists or other people who were thinking, oh, he's just sick, let's handle him with kid gloves, let's make sure he's okay, and you need to be supportive of his recovery sort of thing while they're still being abused, and it's such a dangerous situation. And so once women understand what's going on, healing from it is a process, as you know. So in your book, Healing from Hidden Abuse, you develop a recovery model that follows six stages of healing from abuse. What are the six stages and how are they helpful to victims of abuse and betrayal? Sure. The first stage is despair. You know, that's the stage where we really don't have a sense of what's happening. We just know things are out of control. This is also the stage where a lot of people will have a lot of self-blame. If only I was a better spouse, if only I could be more patient, if only, if only, if only. And they really feel like they can't come up for air. Their life is like a snow globe being shaken up. And they don't have the education or the terminology to be able to describe what's happening in their life. They just know that things are not okay. Uh, so we go right into the second stage, which is education. And that's where, in the context of psychological abuse, we give them, and I give them in the book, some key terms that are foundational to psychological abuse. Like I said, the gaslighting, the intermittent reinforcement, narcissistic injury. We talk about the stages that these kind of relationships go through, which is idealize, devalue, and discarding stages. And that's a distinct pattern with a psychologically abusive relationship. And then the next is an awakening. This is where people who have a moment where, and moments where they it's come to an awareness of exactly what they've been living with, dealing with, that thing that they couldn't put their finger on, but they knew was not right, that gut check becomes now very aware because they've gone through the education and they can talk about it. I describe these hidden abuses as trying to describe air. It's very difficult without, you know, the right terminology. So the awakening can be very bittersweet because it's, I know I'm not crazy. This other person may have told me I was crazy and has spun me in all these different directions. I know now what I'm dealing with, but that's a really hard reality to face. And it can be very painful, but also very freeing. Then after we come out of the awakening stage, we get right into boundaries. What am I going to do now? Now that I know what I'm dealing with, and some people choose to stay in the relationship and set what I call detached contact boundaries, or other people realize they get to a point where they cannot do this relationship and they try to go no contact to whatever version they can, you know, depending on children they share and things like that. The fifth stage is restoration. And this comes down the road where we start looking at what are those things that were lost during this relationship? It could be the way they view themselves. It could be relationship with family and friends. It could be a wide range. It could be their health. Many times these types of toxic relationships deeply impact the wellness and health of the victim. So restoration, we look at what are those areas that we can bring restoration to, but there are times and moments and memories that we can never get back, and we have to grieve those. But that stage five is taking control and restoring what can be restored. And then stage six is maintenance. What do I do now 
that I have walked through all of these stages, and this takes time. This is not a quick fix at all. And we may loop to different stages throughout this process. Even in a given day, we may be in boundaries and go back to despair, go back to blaming ourselves, and then having to go back to education, getting grounded again. But those are the six, despair, education, awakening, boundaries, and then maintenance. So the education stage, that second stage, why do you think so many women are scared to read a book like Healing from Hidden Abuse or Why Does He Do That or The Verbally Abusive Relationship or something? Because I think they think, well, I don't want to make something out of this. Like if it's not abuse, I don't want someone to talk me into thinking that it's abuse or whatever. And some women are just afraid of even getting educated about it because they think, well, then if I find out he is abusive, then that's going to be really bad. I want my family to stay together. I don't want to get divorced. Like what options do I have? So can you talk about that, that sort of fear of becoming educated? Yeah, there's a huge fear. And and I think you touched on both of the reasons. And I think part of it is, like I said, awakening is very hard and it's painful. It's also boundaries then is where the boundary stage is where a lot of people get stuck because I'm out of despair. I've been educated. I've had this awakening that, yes, this is very real. And now what am I going to do? And it's going to take quite a bit of what I call mental gymnastics to go back to not knowing what you know now. And that is intensely frightening. And I also do hear a lot of clients over the years and people that I've spoken to that have said, I don't want to make a big deal of nothing. This is not abuse. I have never been physically harmed. Every marriage has problems. Depending on their faith community, it can also be, you know, you're supposed to be in this until death do you part or until you have some biblical grounds to leave. And there's a wide range of belief systems about divorce and marriage. So I think people avoid wanting to read the books because it's fear. It's also my situation doesn't fit into this, so this isn't going to be relevant. And I'm already stressed and busy, and this is going to be a waste of time. And then there's the subconscious. I bet my life is going to be in here, and that's going to be really painful. I just want women to become educated about it. And that is the goal of betrayal trauma recovery. That's what we've been doing since I started podcasting. But I really think it's interesting how we get labeled as man haters or they just want women to get divorced or yada yada you know people accuse me of all sorts of things when really I just want to educate people about abuse it's pretty cut and dry it's not like I'm trying to like cut every man's private parts off or something I just want to educate people about abuse and abuse is a behavior and people can change their abusive behaviors if they choose to And a lot of them don't choose that, right? And you need to stay at a safe distance until those abusive behaviors have stopped. It's pretty cut and dry, but people are just so, you bring up the word abuse, and I've been surprised at how people think they already know everything about abuse, or the walls go up, and they just push back, and they don't want to learn about it. They do not want to be educated. Well, I really have seen that with the financial abuse. People, even in the abuse recovery community, kind of have what I've coined as like this lackadaisical attitude when we know that up to, you know, 95 to 99% of abusive relationships, domestic violence involve a financial abuse component. That's a huge number. And yet, even in the recovery community itself, it has not been a topic that's really been addressed prior to, because I wrote Healing from Hidden Abuse in 2016. So it was part of that 
first emergence of books like from Jackson McKenzie and Shahida Arabi, there really weren't that many books out there at the time. Now you look, and we're almost at four years, and there's a plethora of information, some of it not very good, but there also was Lundy's book before all of ours, but there were few. There were few books out there. When we went to go look to do some research for the financial abuse book, we could find no books that were specific to financial abuse in a relationship. There were some podcasts, there was a couple blogs, there was a few books about finances and rebuilding, but nothing specific that told survivor stories about how money is used as a weapon. So that's why I wrote that book and really as an expose to pull back the curtain. But I think that when it comes to needing to get to the physical place so that people realize, okay, I'm in an abusive relationship, that is the heart of the problem that we're still seeing. And I was really glad to see the Today Show did a piece on gaslighting with Maria Shriver. We've got some large news outlets that are touching on gaslighting specifically, but also we need to be discussing the other mechanisms of psychological and emotional abuse so that Victims don't have to get to a point where they feel that, okay, now I'm having to look at that I'm being abused when, like you said, abuse and things that qualify as abuse were happening way before anything became physical. Because the truth is, is it doesn't always become physical at all, but all that damage is already there. Yeah. Well, and in my case, we had been going to therapy for seven years. I had been staring it in the face, trying as hard as I could to hit it head on what the problems were. And because I went down the pornography addiction route and they did not ever talk about abuse, abuse wasn't even mentioned, which I think is crazy now. I'm like, what? Because I was hitting it as hard as I could, going to therapists, reading books about addiction, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I'm thinking, man, if I, a proactive, person who wants to solve problems is going at this as directly as I can and I can't figure it out for seven years, this is serious. This is really serious. This isn't something that is just maybe I just didn't know because I'm from some backwoods place or whatever. No, like this means that anyone would have this situation. And just the lack of education about abuse is astounding to me. And it's astounding that trying to solve a problem for seven years and looking at it like that, I still didn't find it until he got arrested for assaulting me. Like that still stuns me. I think we probably went to over seven therapists. And I think it should stun you. And I personally think that there's a real problem in the mental health field. And I am a therapist and I'm more than happy to say that because I think it's true. I think one of the things that is an issue is that our programs, our counseling programs have historically not trained people coming out of master's programs to identify hidden abuse. They have obviously gone to identify domestic violence, but that is changing for sure because I myself have gone out and spoken to different classes. I know other therapists are doing trainings. I know we're starting to get there. So I think we have a holistic problem within the mental health industry that they do not recognize other forms of abuse besides physical. Secondary to that, I personally think we have, and this is not to step on any toes or to offend anybody, I think we have a real problem in the porn addiction therapy community specifically. I could not agree more. I absolutely agree with you. Because I think they're using a model 
as a whole that is an addiction model that we would use when it comes to alcohol, drug addiction, those types of things. But the difference is, is that in alcohol and drug addiction, yes, there are exploitive behaviors that happen, but they are not the same type of exploitive behaviors that happen when you're dealing with a sex addict. So we're using these models of looking at porn addiction from an addiction model like drugs and alcohol, but the game playing and the manipulation and everything that goes on underneath it is actually more in the model of a psychological abuse. Absolutely. And that's where I think we get seven years of therapy without ever the word abuse coming up. And I think that's a major problem. I agree, which is why I started Betrayal Trauma Recovery. This is why I started podcasting. It's just stunning to me still that there's an entire industry that is basically asking abuse victims to don't make a decision about your safety until you've been in couple therapy for six months or whatever. I mean, stuff like that that is pretty industry standard for sex addicts just absolutely should not be happening in an abuse situation. Well, it ends up being terrorizing to the victim. Yeah, absolutely. I say drug addicts abuse drugs. Alcoholics abuse alcohol. And porn addicts and sex addicts abuse people. That's what they abuse. They are abusive in their behaviors. They're abusing other people. Other people are their drug. And that's what makes it so scary and difficult. And yeah, that's the whole point of betrayal trauma recovery is to catch women who are going down that pornography addiction recovery route and say, whoa, 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 you need to be educated about abuse because this is not going to help you. And we also see that in the porn addiction, very the very traditional sort of model of porn addiction recovery and what we're asking family members or partners to be a part of that recovery. We also see that in a faith-based community where you have somebody that their faith is important to them and the abuser is saying the words that need to be said so that they can gain the sympathy. And then all of the responsibility is now being put on the victim to keep this marriage together and to be not giving their marriage over to the devil. And I'm saying that in sort of quotations and all of this pressure on the victim when the focus needs to be on the perpetrator's behaviors. Absolutely. And, and on her safety. Shannon and I are going to continue our conversation next week. I'm so grateful for her time. I'm grateful for all women who are sharing their stories of hidden abuse and betrayal and the emotional and psychological abuse that they suffered while they were being betrayed unknowingly. And then afterwards, when they found out about maybe their husband's double life or when they found out about the psychological abuse that they experienced, and they try to confront their abuser and then sometimes the abuse escalates sometimes it gets better depending on the situation but this is the place for women to share their stories so if you would like to share your story please email my assistant kari k-a-r-i at btr.org do a brief synopsis of your story and let us know you'd like to come on the podcast If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate it on iTunes or any of your other podcasting apps. Every single one of your ratings helps isolated women find us. I love reading the reviews that you write. It's so encouraging and I really appreciate it. Similarly, thank you to those of you who support this podcast by setting recurring monthly support. You can do that by going to our website, btr.org, scrolling down to the bottom and click on support the podcast. We really appreciate your support. And until next week, stay safe out there.